Is the Rams defense for real? We've got winners and losers from the Rams dominant week one performance grades and more. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your 1-0 Los Angeles Rams. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube. So if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Rams YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, and let us know. What is your grade for the Rams defense after their week one performance up in Seattle? My name is Doug McKay. My friends call me DMAC. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade. Sports Illustrated, Dodge. Nation now locked on Rams, and as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio station. He's in his eighth year covering the team. They call him the People's Champ. You can follow him on X at Travis Rogers. And just a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase the Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. Now, on today's show later, got some news this morning that Matthew Stafford is going to be appearing on the second season of Netflix's hit show, The Quarterback. And then we're throwing out our grades for the defense, the winners and losers. But let's start with the overall performance of this defense. And Travis, it was a very impressive performance by this Rams defense. They absolutely shut down Seattle in the second half, gave up some scoring drives early. DK Metcalf shook Darion Kendrick, sent him to another dimension. But overall, this defense was outstanding in week one. It was terrific. It really couldn't be any better than what you got. Um, you know, the the real question is, can you do it again? Can you do it against a team that has the weapons that the 49ers do? And we'll get an answer to that here uh, in a handful of days. But but you're right, D-Mac, that the way that the Rams played defense in the second half was not just, hey, that's pretty good. Hey, that's a little bit better than we thought or that's good enough. It was outstanding. There really isn't much more you could ask for. They gave up less than, you know, two handfuls of yards. They threw a shutout. They gave Geno Smith everything he could handle. They were able to deal with DK Metcalf. They were able to deal with Walker in the second half, something that they struggled with uh, earlier in the game. And all of the questions that we had about the secondary, about a, a secondary pass rush that wasn't just Aaron Donald, I think we got some very encouraging signs for the first week of the season, for sure. Yeah, it was so impressive what they were able to do. And it was clear what the game plan was for Geno Smith early on. They wanted to beat them in the quick game. They wanted to do yeah. the death by paper cuts that was so successful against this Rams defense last year. But they weren't having it. If you look at overall in the game, the Rams, they only got to Geno five times. But the key was a 44.8% pressure rate. That ranked seventh amongst NFL teams in week one. He didn't have time to go deep. I mean, the deepest pass was 28 yards. It was an out route. Metcalf, but no other pass play went longer than 10 yards. So yeah. they stopped the big play. They stopped the explosives. They did a really nice job stuffing the run. And like you said, in the second half, they were absolutely dominant, pitching a shutout. If you look at their second half, it was ridiculous. An EPA of negative 0.533. That was the best in the NFL. They allowed one first down 
one first down through the entire second half. It was incredible. It, it, it really was. And it was in all three levels of the defense, which is what is so uh, encouraging going forward. I, I want to go back to something you said a second ago, DMAC, about the, the way that the Seahawks put together their game plan. I think it's going to be similar to what we see against San Francisco coming up on Sunday. This is something that San Francisco has done to the Rams for years, which is just, you know, quick counts all of a sudden let's get the ball out let's not give a time for that pass rush to get there and get the ball into the hands of Samuel get the ball into the hands of McCaffrey get the ball into the hands of Brandon Ayuk or George Kittle and let them run after the catch and we saw how frustrating that can be for a player like Aaron Donald the one of the few things that we saw in game in week one against the Seahawks was with that quick little Geno Smith passing game Aaron Donald did get frustrated. Aaron Donald did hit Geno Smith in the head. He did draw a penalty on that play, and that's what you can do to him that because he's so unbelievably competitive and plays with such an unbelievable level of ferocity that you can get him kind of off of his game occasionally. We've seen it happen repeatedly with the Niners, but what we saw in the first half is what you're going to see against San Francisco, and they made the adjustment. They got better at it. They were able to defend it. They got a much different crew of athletes coming in for this one, but I, I, I'm bullish. I'm very, very excited about what we saw. Yeah, and if you look in that first half, you talk about some of those adjustments. First half, they did not do a great job in setting that edge. And you look at no. the first half, Kenneth Walker, he broke off some big runs, had some had a 15-yard run, had a 13-yard run on the outside. The second half, they are much better with Michael Hoyt and Byron Young. And I think, look, you have to consider the fact that they did lose their two starting tackles through this game, and the pressure definitely improved after they went out. But still, I think as a whole, this defense was prepared. They went at their, they stuck their game plan. And what I love most, the one thing that I loved most about their defense was how about the fact that you had some sticky coverage, even though they were in that match zone. They were in that match zone 87% of the time, but they were closer to the line of scrimmage. They were more aggressive. You had guys like Ernest Jones and Russ Yeast. They were stuffing the run, making big plays. So I just love the mentality versus last year where the Seahawks, we knew what they were trying to do, but this defense, we also know what they try to do. They want to prevent the big plays, but I think you're having a better combination of being more aggressive and coming up to a line of scrimmage and making plays versus just always being a bend but don't break style defense. Yeah, I, I think you're right. But I, I also think that you can kind of go back and look at what we've seen from Raheem Morris in previous seasons. And it may be a little uncomfortable at times because they do give up first downs. They do give up yardage. Other teams are able to move the ball against them. Not so much in the second half, but in the first half. But once you get into that, you know, 30-yard line or so, it really tends to stiffen up. We saw it early, right? They were able to give up some field goals. You're not going to beat too many people if you're kicking field goals in the NFL. You have to score touchdowns, and the Rams didn't give up but one touchdown, right? That's pretty darn good. A couple of field goals are not going to beat you. A touchdown and a handful of field goals, very hard to win like that, and this is the way that they may do it. This is similar to what we've seen with other Morris defenses, which is you know in the middle of the field, between the 230s, you're going to be able to move the ball a little bit, but once you get inside those two 230-yard lines, it gets a little bit more challenging, and we saw a lot of it, especially in the first half, forcing them to kick those field goals. Yeah, and you talk about the touchdown, right? That was an out-of-structure play by Geno Smith. He breaks yep. the pocket, and really, I think everyone pointed to the fact that, oh, Darian... Kendrick, they, they put him in the spin cycle, right? They put him in a blender, but really he yeah. had so much time to throw there that, yeah, I mean, it happens. And you it give does. one touchdown the whole game, you'll live with that. And yeah. you can you're, see you're the right. fact that Kendrick getting turned inside out, and he did, right? DK Metcalf's really good. 
you know, maybe he's a dirty player. We saw what he did with the Killer Witherspoon. Maybe he blows his stack a little quickly, which Pete Carroll and he apparently talked about after uh, after the game. But getting burned by a good player, that's life in the NFL. That's why those DBs are who they are. They get turned inside out, and they're like, all right, let's go again. They, they're relief pitchers. You have to be You have to be able to get right back up there. That was one of those, okay, cool move. They hit a touchdown. Let's get the ball back and see what happens. But it didn't think we had any, uh, anything less of the coverage, the player, or anything else. A good player is going to get over on you once in a while. No big deal. Yeah, absolutely. I want to touch on that DK Metcalf because that was a dirty, dirty play. Dirtier than a gas station bathroom right there. I mean, why are you hitting a guy walking away during a dead ball? Why don't you go up there and do it in a game? I like Aaron Donald. He bullies in the game, right? He, you can't bully like that in that situation. I thought that was petty. I was hoping that he would get a bigger line. So we'll see what happens with that. But I think DK Metcalf is interesting, too. When they asked him about the Rams secondary heading to this one, he said, I'll be honest with you, I can't name one player in that secondary. So, yeah, he he had this coming for him. But, yeah, I mean, just overall, I mean, you look at this defense, and they were outstanding. I have to give them an A grade for their week one performance. They held Seattle just 12 net yards in the second half. Nine of those came in just run plays, run plays at the end. You look at the entire game, 95 yards passing, 85 yards rushing on 46 plays. If you compare that to last year, Seattle, 840 yards, 553 pass yards, 287 rush yards in two games. And of course, not at the same roster, but shows you what a difference it makes to have a healthy roster. A healthy roster, a healthy offensive line, a reinvigorated Sean McVay, everything that comes along with it. And again, look, it's week one. We're all excited, but this is a good matchup for the Rams. The Rams typically match up pretty well to Seattle Seahawks. Sean McVay matches up pretty well with uh, Pete Carroll. The real test, the biggest test that they might face until they play him again or maybe Philadelphia here uh, three weeks after that is coming to town this week. If they look anything like they did on Sunday at SoFi against the Niners, look out. They might be onto something really special. And the reason why they did have a lot of this success was these breakout performances by some of these players. And we're going to get into these individual players. We got winners and losers for the Rams defense. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. All right. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Football host Vinny Eiler to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. So whether you're prepping or prepping or prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire each week, we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. If you are looking for a sweet matchup to exploit for a big game, of wide receiver in week two, turn to the chargers, Mike Williams, right? Williams was quiet and banged up in a run heavy opener against Miami in week one, but he draws a beautiful spot against a Titan secondary, which struggled to handle any of the saints downfield receivers, including Chris Olave and Rashid or Rashid Saheed. Look for Justin Herbert to hit on at least one big scoring play to Mike Williams, right? Vinny Eiler from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride runs smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're going to be burning rubber, not cash. All right? Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions apply. 
And we are off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And a special shout out to our every listeners. We appreciate you watching every episode, listening to every episode. And you can be to every listener too. Membership is free and you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. Now, Travis, here in our second segment, we got some winners, we got some losers. We'll throw out some grades here. And you got to start with Bruce Banner in football cleats up from Mr. Aaron Donald. Now, before we get into his game, I just want to say probably my favorite moment from this game was first half, he's going inside a rush. Geno Smith sees him. He goes, oh, my God. He's like, oh, my God. I want to say, first of all, people clowning Geno Smith. That was all of us. That was the appropriate reaction there. He didn't want to get sent to the upper room, if you know what I mean. So I'm totally okay with his reaction there. But what say you, Travis? What, what, What it is is a human being reacting humanly. If you see Aaron or Aaron Donald running at you with bad intentions, of course your reaction is, oh, my God, he's coming to hurt you, and he will. So, of course, that's what you're supposed to do. If you woke up in the middle of the night and there was a guy standing at the foot of your bed, what would you say? Oh, my God, that's exactly what this was with Aaron Donald. So no judgment on Geno Smith at all other than he had the same reaction that just about every person on earth would have. Good for you, Geno. Yeah, I was saying right when I saw a play, this is about to be a meme, okay? That is what fear <laughs> sounds like. But as far as the game he had, two solo tackles, one assisted, five pressures. And I think one thing I want to kind of go back to the offseason and some of his press conferences, and when he was asked about this roster, how young it was, how inexperienced it was, the one thing that Aaron Donald said was, I just want them to care. As long as they care, that's what matters to me. And it felt like guys like Kobe Turner and Byron Byron Young cared in a big way. I think that Aaron Donald, he led the way. He showed them how to go up in a tough, raucous environment there with all those 12s there and have a big performance. And I want to talk about Byron Young next because I think one of my biggest takeaways from this game was Byron Young looks like he's going to be a dude. He led the Rams tie with five pressures, tie with Aaron Donald, And he started to pick things up as the game went along. I mean, early on, you saw a little bit out of position sometimes, but this guy was disruptive. His motor, he's absolutely relentless. He impressed me with his ability just to get off and use that speed athleticism to get after tackles. And I think he's going to be a big part of this defense for years to come. I I hope so. I I think, you know, something that you mentioned in in our first segment and something that I think is, is pretty common with most young players is, I know he's an athlete. I know that he can do some things that are pretty exciting as far as his speed and his strength goes, but I think the priority needs to be on technique. Let's make sure that we hold the edge. Let's make sure that you perform your assignment first before we start to freelance a little bit. And I think more often than not, he did. I think that that's really good that, you know, Aaron Donald has earned the right to go off script a little bit. Aaron Donald has earned the right to maybe to make a decision in the moment that might not exactly fall under the parameters of the defense. But for younger players like Byron Young, I need the technique to be right first. I need the schematics to be right first. And there were a few times where it felt like he lost that edge. There were a few times where it felt like he was out of position and over-pursued a little bit. But generally speaking, I agree with you. I thought he was really good. Again, and I don't mean to throw cold water on any of this, but Seattle was missing both of its tackles. Seattle is not the San Francisco 49ers. It's not the Dallas Cowboys, some teams that we're going to see later on in this season that have much different offensive lines in front of them. If he's able to perform against those sorts of guys, then I think we're on to something very real. It's a great start, but I would like to see maybe a little bit more polish on the technique moving forward. 
That's a great point, Travis. And I also think that's why they were able to get him in the third round because he is raw, because he's not as refined as some of these other edge rushers. And I think he absolutely needs to improve in the run game. His run grit, his yeah. grade against the run was 52.1, but pass rushing 75.7 with those pressures, five pressures in 22 chances. And one of my big, I knew the game was over moments was when they're in that Third and eight, that third and eight there in the fourth quarter, Rams up 24 to 13. You saw him just use that athleticism. Yeah. He blows right past the right tackle. He gets to Geno Smith along with fellow rookie Kobe Turner. They forced that throw away there. So I'm very encouraged by his play. Like, I agree with you, though. He's still raw, and he still has a lot to learn. But just give me the talent. Give me the raw talent, and we can teach the rest versus the other way around. I think so, too. And I think that you mentioned something that's very important there, D-Mac. And this is this is very obvious, but it doesn't mean that it's not important. If you can play with a lead, it changes everything, right? That if you can play with a lead and force your opposition to be one dimensional and have to throw the football, and you know that the passing is the passing game is really the only thing that you're gonna have to defend in a meaningful way, you can rely more on those athleticisms. You can remind rely more on just pinning your ears back and going and not worrying about having to play it, it two ways, right? So the Rams lead at that point, that game you're talking about, both of these guys are just go get Gino. You didn't have to worry about a guy running right past you or around the corner. You just needed to go get him. And again, this 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 is where we're talking about complementary football, right? The offense sets up the defense. The offense set them up big time by putting some points on the board, giving them a little bit of a cushion and letting them be them best selves. Very solid performance there by Byron Young. A lot of room to grow, but I think he has all the potential in the world. Then another rookie, Kobe Turner, was yeah. very impressed by the conductor. Solid against the run. Had two big stops, two pressures, and a sack on 20 pass rushing attempts. Another I knew it was over moment when uh, the final nail in the coffin, fourth quarter, second and 17, 435. Kobe Turner makes that inside twist move, gets to the quarterback, and that to me was when you knew the game was over. So really impressed with him. I think size wise, how we do against doubles. That's a big question I have, yep. but he's definitely a winner. Absolutely. For his first game as a pro. You brought up the play that I was really excited about that little inside twist move that he had. That was like, okay, you know, that, that was like, oh, that looked NFL quality, right? That, and, and again, we hadn't seen him a lot in the preseason and, and, and the preseason is so worthless and it's so not what the season is and the speed is different. The intensity is different, but you just don't see things that make you go, whoa, you know, very often. And we did see that play in particular was one of those. That's a very big guy that's able to move very, very quickly. And all of a sudden he's in the backfield giving Geno Smith a really hard time. That was another one of those. Hey, they made a found a guy right here moments again, week one against a team that had an offensive line that was a little depleted along the way. I don't want to take everything away. Let's see what it looks like in week two. Let's take that week one as that first step towards really starting to find some guys that can go get the quarterback and stop that run. Yeah, 100%. You need that momentum to head into this 49ers game because it's a different, different beast in San Francisco. But I really want to highlight this next guy. One of my big bull predictions heading into this year was that Ernest Jones would finish with the most tackles in the NFL this year. I thought he was outstanding. Six solo tackles, three assisted. And if you look at the success he had in week one compared to last year. Yeah. I mean, he had two stuffs in this game. He had three all of last year, three tackles for a loss in this game. He had four all of last year, he had five splash plays, run stuffs, tackles. I mean, you're talking about someone that was all over the field. He was massive in stopping the run. I think he's the green dot guy for a reason. Yep. I give him a big A for his performance in week one.
You said it. It, it, it. You literally took the words right out of my mouth. It felt like every time the play was done and they were unloading that pile and you're seeing who's the guy that had wrapped somebody up or the guy that was in on a tackle or the guy that was just about to get there. If the first guy, it's Ernest Jones. He was all over the field. There was never a moment where it didn't feel like you weren't seeing his face and his number over and over again. Like He's going to have to play like that. Beyond Aaron Donald, he's the most experienced guy you got. There's a lot on his plate. He's got a lot to do every single play. Like you mentioned, he's the green dot guy. He's the one that's got to get everybody set up and in the right places and make sure that the calls are understood by the other 10 guys in that huddle. He has a lot of responsibility, and he responded beautifully in game one. Megan plays in space, shedding his blocks, anticipation, quick, athletic. I gave him a couple catches, missed one tackle, but the big question heading into this year was, can the Rams stop the run? He's going to be one of the biggest reasons why I was very impressed with Ernest Jones. And then how about Russ Yeast? I mean, I'll just stay. He was badass, man. He can bring the boom. I love the tenacity of Russ Yeast. His PFF grade, the highest on the Rams defense at 79. He's someone that I think is going to be one of those hidden gems that they got, a seventh-round pick. Russ Yeast was an absolute beast in game one. He was great. Look, this there was very little that you saw in that first game against Seattle that made you think, uh, we got to fix that. We we we, we got to make sure we got to go get a different guy. We're going to have to, you know, maybe give that person some help or maybe not put them in a situation where they have to deal with this player or that player. There was nothing like that in week one. I, I know I'm a broken record. I get it. This week is the week that's going to really expose whatever weaknesses there are. Right. This is not the Seattle Seahawks. This is a monster of a team. This might be the best team in the NFL. Christian McCaffrey, if you have weaknesses, he's going to find them. Brandon Ayuk, if you have weaknesses, he's going to find them. Same thing with Debo. Same thing with George Kittle. They got a tough offensive line. If this defense can, and look, I'm not saying you got to do what you did to the Seahawks and throw a shutout in the second half. I'm saying give your offense a chance to trade points. Give your offense a chance to win the game by, you know, driving the field the last time you touch the ball. Don't get steamrolled the way that we've seen them get steamrolled before. And we could be here on Monday morning, win or lose, and be in a very positive mood. You find a way to win this game? Forget it. We're off to the races at that point. But even if it's competitive and a loss, you can be very bullish about what's happening next. And I do feel like they wanted to split with these first two. They could be playing with house money a little bit, but also they have to get that that San Francisco 49er monkey off their no back doubt. like Steve no Young doubt. did in the Super Bowl, right? But as far as losers go, I mean, I texted you during the game about, hey, maybe let's not have our 310-pound D-tackle guarding DK Metcalf. Talk a little bit about Michael Hoyt, a 31 overall PFF grade. He was decent in the rush. I mean, three total pressures and 17 reps, but yeah, he gets exploited on the edges against faster athletic players. He was an inside player a year ago, and now all of a sudden he's in space covering wide receivers. I mean, come on, man. That, that's just, just, I get it that they may have a little found money that he might be able to get to the quarterback, that he might be able to add some pressures. And, and I hope that it works out. But the second I saw him split out on DK was the second or third play of the game. I'm like, duh, this is not a good idea. That's just not what he does. That That's asking somebody to do something that they're not capable of doing. That's asking, you know, Mookie Betts to go play catcher. Like, what, what, what are we doing? That's just a bad idea. That was a bad idea. I'd be really surprised if you see a lot more of that moving forward. Yeah, me too. I think it's tough. I mean, he has to set the edge in the run game. And then lastly, Bobby Brown, the third, I won't be cruel. It isn't love, but this is someone that once the play breaks down, he doesn't win his one-on-one. He tends to kind of just give up on his matchup there. I almost feel like he was passed by Kobe Turner in week one. So he's someone I think needs to pick it up.
Yeah, look, there there's going to be some opportunities for other guys. This is why you have a, you know, a 53-man roster. This is why you have a 48-man active on game day and you know, this is professional sports. It is do it or we will find somebody else who can. And if he can't do it, we'll move on to the third guy and the fourth guy. This is nobody's guaranteed a spot. And especially if you're a player like Brown, like you mentioned, who's just, you know, trying to find his way in this league and trying to earn reps and trying to solidify his spot. Uh, you know, now now is the time. Now is the time to start playing at a high level so you don't have to worry about, you know, looking over your shoulder after every snap. 100%. But those are the grades for the first week. A lot of impressive performances. But coming up next, we got some news this morning that your Rams quarterback is going to be appearing on Netflix's new hit show, The Quarterback Season 2. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. All right, D-Mac, let me talk a little bit about Jace Medical and the Jace case. I ordered my Jace case yesterday. And what the Jace case is, is it's a way to prevent against one of the worst feelings in the world. And that is the feeling of being caught unprepared, right? That moment when you realize, uh-oh, I need to get some medicine and I don't have a way to get doing, to, to, to be able to do that, right? I need to find a way to get antibiotics and I can't get to the doctor. Maybe you're traveling overseas. Maybe you're on a, a camping trip, a hike. You're away from it. Hey, look, we all saw what happened not that long ago. We we're all in our homes, right? So don't be caught unprepared. Get yourself a Jace Medical Jace case, right? You order it online. It takes about three or five minutes. You answer some questions. In a few cases, you're going to have to jump on the phone. But the next thing you know, you've got five different antibiotics delivered to your door. You can save more than 360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using the code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. It only takes a few minutes and the peace of mind that comes with knowing that you're covered in case of an emergency, it's invaluable. Go do it right now. jacemedical.com, pro promo code Locked on. And of course, we got to talk about prize picks, right? If you had a lot of fun winning money this football season, the most fun I've had winning money in a long time is with prize picks. And guess what? It's pretty easy, right? You just select two or more players, you pick more or less on their projected stats, and you place your entry. How easy is that, right? Justin Jefferson, is he going to get more or less than 100 yards? Lamar Jackson, more or less than one passing touchdown? That's what you do at Prize Picks. It is easy, it is fun, and you can win up to 10 times your money. Here's what you do. You go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use the code LockedOnNFL for a First deposit match of up to $100. It's fun. It's easy. It only takes a couple of minutes to sign up, and you are off and running. Here's what you do. PrizePicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Don't forget that code. LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match of up to $100 at PrizePicks.com. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for being Locked On Rams, your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Now, Travis, here in our third segment, we got news this morning from Jake Ellen Bogan of Turf Show Times that Matthew Stafford will be featured in Netflix's show, The Quarterback, in their season two. And I got one big takeaway from this, and that is that this means that Matthew Stafford feels great, and you'd rather see him <laughs> in this season than last season. Imagine last season, it would not have worked. Also tells me that he's going to be a Ram and that there is no trade possibilities for Matthew Stafford. 
No, no. Look, the Aaron Rodgers thing was wait, what? I mean, that 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 is obviously going to start that conversation all over again. But I agree. I think that it means that he's happy. I think that it means that he's healthy. You know what else I think it means, DMAC? I think it means he thinks they got a pretty good team. I don't think anybody wants to be followed around all season long. If you look, Matthew Stafford's been in the league a long time. He knows a good football team when he sees it. He knows a bad football team when he sees it. And I can't imagine anybody would want to have uh, Netflix's cameras in your face and in your home and in your car and in practice and everywhere else if you thought you were going to put together a season that was dreadful, right? I think he's very high on what this team may look like. Uh, I'm I'm really curious to see it. Maybe this is why Kelly Stafford on her podcast had the whole, you know, he's having trouble communicating. Maybe she wanted a little uh, a dr- dramatic point in the opening episodes it. of these things. Sprinkle a little, uh, a little, a little spice on it along the way. But I'm excited to see it because, you know, even though it's his third season here in town, I don't think people here in Los Angeles have a great feel about who Matthew Stafford is off of the football field. And it's an opportunity for him to show that. Think about what it did for Kirk Cousins. Think about what it did for for the guys in the first episode or the first season of this show. I, I, I love the show, and I'm excited to see Stafford in it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to build that connection further endear himself to Los Angeles Rams fans because you're going to know him on a more intimate personal yeah. level. I think that's going to be big for him. I also think, too, I love that point about that's how he feels about this team. Sure. And Matthew Stafford, you're the quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams here in Hollywood. You're supposed to be the one that has that main character energy. You want to be the Patrick Mahomes that was featured late in that show. I remember I was watching the last couple episodes. Like, oh, I remember Marcus Mariota like 10 episodes ago when he was eliminated. So you absolutely want to finish and finish strong so you can be featured in that show more but i'm happy that he's doing it and i think it's going to be big for staff and i think that it bodes well for this rams team when the cameras are around those lights are on you're going to run to perform even better but that's going to do it for this episode of locked on rams my name is dmac you can follow me on twitter and instagram at dmac underscore la you can also follow mr travis rogers the people's champ at travis rogers and until next time whose house is locked on rams house